0: Reading from Matthew 9, 18 to 26, it's page 921 in the Blue Bible. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I could only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread throughout all that region. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I heard something special in that reading as you were reading it this morning that I'd not noticed before, and that was that the synagogue leader came and knelt before Jesus. That's quite significant. So as we come, let's kneel in our hearts. Let's just bow that knee. So we're continuing our series on gifts for all. And in our reading from Matthew's Gospel, we see Jesus healing a woman with an issue of blood. And we see him using miraculous power to raise up this synagogue leader's dead daughter. There are many elements of healing at work in this passage, including the woman who was healed um, of the issue of blood. She was an outcast. She would have been seen as unclean. She was unable to worship, unable to wait on table. And we see restoration on loads of levels healing and miraculous signs is a massive subject and you'll forgive me that this sermon will be inadequate to cover the subjects that i've got today so i'm in awe of how much is involved and this is just a taster gordon fee says only among intellectuals and in a scientific age is it thought to be too hard for god to heal the sick That's in his book on the first epistle to the Corinthians. Now, you'll notice that it's gifts of healing. If you're looking at the Corinthians passage, you will note that it's gifts. It's not singular. It's gifts. Gifts of healing. Charismatiae maton. This is plural. J. Rodman Williams notes that this is the only gift that is gifts. So the one who receives such gifts doesn't directly perform the healings, rather he simply transmits the gifts. The delivery boy who brings the gifts to others. I think that's a wonderful phrase. The delivery boy who brings the gifts to others, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to be open to do. E. delivery girls and boys. The distinction between the two gifts that we're looking at today is that a miracle would be, for instance, a raising of the dead. You'll find that in a number of places, but Acts 20, verse seven. While healing would be to raise someone from the sick bed. So rather like the illustrations we have in our gospel reading, the girl, dead and raised to life, and the woman healed. This is a great example of the two gifts working together in one narrative. And in Acts chapter 19 verse one, we see the power of miracles as the extraordinary power that worked through the apostles so that even their handkerchiefs and their shadows remove sickness. If you want to follow that one through, you'll find that in Acts chapter 19. There are many healings mentioned in the book of Acts. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. We call it the Acts of the Apostles, but it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. So that when Paul laid hands on the sick father of Publius in Lata and his dysentery and his fever left him, that was a healing, a healing that actually meant the man could carry on with life. The gifts of the spectacular, signs and wonders, miraculous powers and miracles are the operation of God through some believers in Christ, but remembering that the gifts are for all. They're there to perform acts which apparently defy the laws of nature. These acts are in every sense beyond the ordinary ability of man. It's not magic, that comes from the devil. No, it's a clear distinction between godly wisdom and human wisdom. There's a recorded story of many poor people without homes or food being miraculously provided with good food on rubbish tips in South America. And that went on for months. They were provided with food. And then in China, Brother Yun, A church leader was imprisoned with both legs having been crushed, but was told by his friends that he would walk free that day. That was a prophecy. Miraculously, he simply arose on broken legs, which were instantly healed, and walked out of the prison. We passed dozens of guards through the prison gates, which were open wide, and into a taxi that was waiting outside. Even the taxi's provided. The gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and prophecy work closely together in a healing environment. So they're, you know, they're moving. It's the Holy Spirit's work, they're moving together. Over the years, I've actually heard many such miraculous testimonies coming out of the persecuted church in the old Soviet Union, as was, where people were imprisoned and crushed. Vanya was one that sticks in my mind. He was a soldier who had converted to Christ. He was made to stand in freezing sub-zero temperatures all night only to have survived that night and walked back into his prison the next day to the astonishment of his guards i've also known god move through me personally to pray for people a couple of occasions where they've come back to life i think i've told that story in the prayer sermon that i did of matthew that was definitely miraculous power Um, our lovely friends the Dobson's son was in a major car crash and he died and he was taken up to Leeds Hospital where they had the proper machinery to check out his brain pattern and see what was going on after a couple of days they said no there's absolutely no sign of life and he was uh, they said their goodbyes to him which is incredibly painful got on the train and came home and I think it was that very evening I was in the downstairs bathroom, I was a curate at the time, and began to sing the song, you know, dance for your daddy, my little laddie. And it just kept coming and coming and I was singing it more and more and I had a sense it was about Matthew and I could see hands and feet moving. I had a call from his father a couple of hours later saying, we've got to go back up there, Matthew's alive. And he's dancing, his fingers and his feet are moving the power of god give glory to god for that matthew's grown up now of course and he's got kids of his own this is god's gifts according to his will and purpose so how does the gifts of healing work well it's when a person has a disorder in the function um, of his body or mind he's said to be ill sick diseased, or unhealthy And when a sick or diseased body is restored, it can function normally, and it's said to have been healed. So healing means an act um, or process of restoring the proper function of the body, mind, as ordained by God. And when healing is done without a natural means, then it's seen to be supernatural healing. The ability to heal without natural means is a gift from God in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, according to his will. It's called gifts of healing, and that doesn't mean that God does not heal in other ways, however, and he does through a prayer process, through the NHS, and we know that God can touch and restore, and that he does. Biblical healing is not done randomly by the will of man. It's an act or process initiated by God through believers, chosen by him to manifest his gifts in a place and at a time he chooses. And it's done through the power of the Holy Spirit as a believer lays hands on the sick. And in some cases, the sick are prayed for in their absence. And that quite often happens here in Sea Salter when we're praying with people after the service, they're bringing somebody else with them that we are able and privileged to pray for. Again, just follow through some of these, um, Acts 4, 29 to 30, and if you need other scripture references, I've got them here, just ask me afterwards and do a little bit of a study. There's plenty of Bible evidence for this, and examples of divine healing are in the Old and the New Testament parts of the Bible. I've personally witnessed Many people released from different sicknesses and diseases. I like to call them diseases because it covers a whole spectrum. And I've also known healing myself in many forms over the years. These can be physical healings, inner healings, counseling with listening, Christian prayer for healing, healing of the past, healing of ancestral lines. Healing of the spirit where woundedness has come because of past dabbling in things with that are not of the Holy Spirit, but rather hinder and don't build up the full life of Christ in the person. We can be set free by simple renunciation and freeing healing ministry and prayer. And these are a part of the gifts of healing. So is ministering to the terminally ill. And this is a special gift of healing my own NHS healing experience was that um, nearly five years ago I'd already been diagnosed with cancer and um, it was a pretty terrifying experience and anyone who's been in that situation knows that it changes your life the minute you're told that you've actually got cancer and I had to go through a very nasty test and when I woke up from the anesthetic I was told this is going to be a really difficult couple of weeks for you because it doesn't look good and so I went into the MRI scanner and I just didn't know for that fortnight whether it was a living or dying thing in fact it was it was good it was good and it was caught early And I've just been discharged after almost five years. So I've walked through that journey of healing. But the very scripture that Norman received was the woman that was healed of the issue of blood. And I know that that was definitely of God. Because after a full spectrum of five years, I've walked free from my oncology appointments. And God has blessed. And I give him praise and thanks for that today. Sometimes it's instantaneous, sometimes it's a walk of a journey, but God really healed me of fears along the way, lots of them, which would have only been made manifest had I gone through that particular situation. I'd been brought up in a house where uh, doctors and anybody, white collar workers, were absolute anathema. And God enabled me to see the beauty around me in the gifts and restoring power of people who serve him in that way too. So I thank God. One thing I do know is that words of knowledge, wisdom, prophecy, scriptures, they all interconnect when healing power comes upon us to touch us and restore. Some parts of the church believe that the gift's finished after the uh, founding of the church, the early church, when the apostles were no longer around, the first apostles. But actually, there's no biblical precedent for that. The age of the spirit, the gifts, are alive and well. Um, And there's a declared purpose for it. In the temple at Jesus of Nazareth, read the, the, the scriptures from the scroll, and it upset the locals. And yet here we've got a synagogue leader kneeling before Jesus and asking for his girl to be healed. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I knew when I came to this place that God would want to use me in healing ministry because it was like I'd seen the gospel part of that passage and always had that desire to proclaim the gospel, but he showed me the rest it's about recovery of sight to the blind setting captives free setting people free from oppression as well as proclaiming the gospel and that's the wholeness of healing jesus said you will do greater works than these because i go to be with the father and healing is at the heart of god the charisms the gifts of the spirit are not merely pragmatic but visual aids for the gospel demonstrators of the nature character and will of God God is unchanging powerfully present and when he is permitted to work among us the power to heal is present when Norman and I went to Pakistan we saw many miracles many healings the people we met in Pakistan had a simple faith they believed God They believed he would touch, he would heal, he would restore, he would deliver, he would strengthen them. They had a faith expectation. One example is we saw a lady uh, in the middle of the night, we were called out and went through dark streets and we saw this woman um, on her bed, unable to walk for three or four months, prayed over her and the next morning she was out walking with her grandchildren Healing is at the heart of God. James chapter 5 is very important because there's a thing about anointing with oil there. and James chapter 5, I'd like you to really study. Some people don't have faith in God for healing. It explains that. It speaks of anointing with oil. I saw my own father healed twice when I anointed him with oil. And the third time, he died and that is like perfect healing in God's sense. No more suffering, no more sorrow. Personal, unconfessed sin creates a barrier to God's grace. So can widespread disunity, sin, unbelief in bodies of believers and in families. It can all inhibit individual members of the body, whether that's the body of Christ or within our own families. So there's a need for openness and honesty before the Lord and love and forgiveness, and all of those things are so important. It could be because of an incomplete diagnosis of what's causing their problems that people don't know how to pray correctly. And some people assume that God always heals instantly, and when he doesn't, immediately stop praying. Constant, persistent prayer, just like the widow in the Gospels. Ask and it shall be given to you. Keep praying, don't faint away. Isaiah 53, verse 4 says, He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Physical healing is in the atonement. The scriptures say, He took up our sins and sicknesses to Himself in His death on the cross. So it's like God's power breaking into the present, and we talked about this when we were doing our studies in John, the now and the not yet, the kingdom breaking in, the renewal of all things. In this age we know in part, but there is a time when we will know fully. Jesus Christ's sovereignty, his lordship, his kingdom, are what brings healing, and our part is to pray, thy kingdom come trust him for whatever healing comes from his gracious hand but let's cooperate let's work with God in his book the prayer that heals Francis McNutt encourages healing prayer as a regular practice in our homes praying for our families laying hands on each other praying in Jesus name is important when children are asleep pray for them When your husband, wife is asleep, just raise your hand over them. Pray for them, for God's healing power, for his restoring strength. I know Norman does that for me, and I know I do it for him. And having a prayer altar, so that you do at least sit down and have a meal, even if it's only once a week where you're all around the table together, where you pray for each other in the name of Jesus. Now do you remember the story about the man who went to his neighbor late in the night to borrow three loaves of bread? That's in Luke 11. Well, the neighbor was really irritated and he said, don't bother me. Next time the man knocked, my door is already locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. But the man kept knocking until he received the bread. Jesus said in conclusion, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he's his friend, Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. The full meaning of this story is best understood when relating to the culture of that day. At that time, when a guest arrived in a village, his care was a matter of honor and responsibility to the entire village. You might like to see SCC as a village here. Responsibility. So the persistent man whom Jesus spoke about had the right to awaken his neighbor. The village's honor was at stake. Again, how do we welcome the needy into our village here at SCC? And Jesus' application of this story is a lesson in prayer, and it's obvious. Even as the village had the responsibility to provide for the guest, so God, for the sake of his son's honor, has the responsibility to provide for his children. So I say to you, Jesus said, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him or her who knocks, the door will be opened. If we seek out God with boldness and persistence, he will answer prayer. He is bound by his honor to do so. Our standard of faith and prayer for healing is not our present experience. Our standard is God's heart, which is full of grace and compassion. God asks us to pass on his heart's desire, to welcome the stranger, to open up our hearts and give lives to the stranger to share our bread. And he also wants us to appropriate the gifts, to ask for them, that we may touch others because the gifts are for you, for all of us. Gifts of healing and miraculous powers as well. There will be more grace, more mercy, more power, more divine healing if only we persist in asking him. I speak in the name of the Holy Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.